Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back to the Steven Universe podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I'm your host, Mackenzie Atwood, and I'm about to be joined by all kinds of Pruniverse members so that we can talk about Amethyst. Amethyst, as most of you probably already know, is the last known gem manufactured on Earth as part of the Gem Homeworld's kindergarten project. She has awesome lilac skin, lavender hair that goes down to her ankles, and she cracks a mean whip. And you're about to find out why the whip is her weapon of choice. She's also voiced by the super-talented Michaela Dietz, who will be joining us a little later along with fellow cast member Dee Dee Magnol Hall, the voice of Pearl. And in case you're wondering, we're definitely going to talk to Amethyst and Pearl directly. But first, I've got Steven Universe creator Rebecca Sugar and former executive producer Ian Jones-Cordy here to give us an inside look at the creation of Amethyst. So let's jump right into it. What's the earliest concept that you guys can remember for Amethyst? Oh, I remember that. Which, what, what are you going to say? I'm curious <laughs> what you think uh, it is. Wasn't she a character in the Lars and Sadie, Sadie comic? comic? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. She was. She's based off drawings I used to do of my friend Valerie. From college. From yeah. college. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, in, Lars, in the Lars Sadie comic, Amethyst was... Am- yeah. Well, she wasn't called Amethyst. I mean, the back the, the back story between this is, yeah, at in when you were in college... You had started these comics. You you, you were going to do a strip comic. I was going to do a strip comic, but I never did it. <laughs> uh, no, there were some. No, I just, well, I doodled for it. Yeah, I there were like actually, some doodles. Yeah. I never drew a single strip, but, but I did plan but, a bunch of them. Yeah, these are the characters for the strip. is Lars and Sadie. And, and then Valerie, Valerie. Who I was probably, I was, she yeah. would change the names. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. with my friend. Um, but I would also draw and paint Valerie all the time. Valerie was one of my favorite friends to do drawings of. Yeah. And I, Amethyst as a character is very different than Valerie. Yeah, It yeah. changed a lot. The um, personality is very different. Yeah, it's completely it's different. It's not really... The, it's just visually there was mm-hmm. like a little bit of basis. Yeah, yeah, the hair over the eye. Yeah, the hair over the eye. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the really early concepts of Amethyst I remember doing in that, in that junk sketchbook was sort of that drawing but and i remember flowers in the hair there was going to be like a plant component early on that yeah. totally got that totally yeah, went, that away. went away but she was always going to be like the smaller mm-hmm. of the three mm-hmm. um was the idea that she was like defective since you said she was always going to be shorter was the idea that the other i guess obviously not because she was valerie right yeah i think that was actually not as, as planned very early on, that, yeah, that we, other amethysts would be different than amethyst. That was not in the. No, I didn't know that at the pilot. No, yeah, we didn't know that. I think we figured that out like first towards the middle of the first season. Yeah, there was. Yeah. I mean, there was a big like when we were writing the first season. There was a big yeah. writers' meeting where we came up with the kindergarten. Yeah, and all this stuff fell into place. We always knew that that amethyst was going to represent the present because we yeah. sort of Angie had the theory of past, present, future, mm. and we always had the idea of amethyst. Being out of step with other gems. Yeah, we like knew she was, was different. We, we just knew she was different. Put a pin in why, yeah. and we knew she was more human. She was more open to being 
an earthling mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. all other gems were. I that, think was the, yeah, like a, the, that was like a big thing about her. In early thoughts about Amethyst, we always figured she was the one that would interact with people the most. Yeah. Like human people, like and, throughout time. And she does. Like we, she's the right. character who Still you true. see like hanging out in Beach City randomly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she clearly has relationships with Bordies that we've never seen that are like off screen. Yeah. Like she knows about Lars and Sadie. She's, she's, she definitely seems to be the most human uh, focused. Whereas yeah. the other, the other two are basically like, purposefully trying not to understand humanity. Right. I think when we figured out that she was made, made on Earth, which came later in, yeah. this, in this meeting where we figured out this mm-hmm. stuff about the kindergarten, everything clicked. Yep. We're like, oh, that's why, she, that's why she acts this way. That's why she's this way. Yeah. You know, this, is, this really is where she's from. You know, something really crazy, though. So the joke in Stephen's Lion... At the end of Stephen's Lion, where they go, we kept Amethyst. Oh, yeah. right, right. We, we wrote that before. Before we had that before plan. Before we had the plan. <laughs> we really Yeah, did. we just knew. And I think we, we even said that in the room. We were like, oh, we kept Amethyst. It all makes sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, we, like, we knew. It all clicked in the yeah, place. We we're, showing that, our, we're showing the seams here. Oh, I mean, no, there's <laughs> seams. But the thing is, I think at that point, we knew that. Amethyst, of all the gems, Amethyst was going to be the one who they would have found somehow. Like, that she was going to be the one who was, like, more like the wayward gem who came into the fold. Yeah, and we knew she was, like, younger. Because we knew... We all had that feeling. Because we knew a lot about, like... We had planned out a lot about how Pearl and Garnet fit into Rose's forces during, like, the gem war and stuff. Mm -hmm. But... We knew that Amethyst was not central, you know, and so we knew that she was definitely the one who was found, you know, in a different way. Right. You know, and we knew, like, the ages of the characters, too, and Mm -hmm. so... That's where the joke came from. I think, it, but then we explored it later, like through the actual story. I think it felt really natural, especially with the like, past, present, future. Like Amethyst, in terms of dividing the ways that I would act around Stephen into different characters, Amethyst yeah. was the one was like the really irresponsible, yeah, like just hanging around, not really getting to not really care what yeah. someone thinks because I'm so comfortable with this person, not being a particularly good role model because <laughs> we're just like. You know, siblings who will sort of always forgive each other for being a mess like that. Like, yeah, that was sort of her. So I think of the ways I can be around Stephen, she was the most immature. Like, like it was the way that Stephen would kind of give me permission to be immature because he was like my younger sibling. So that's why she always felt younger. It was like she was always going to. Well, Pearl's like trying to act older, but it's not necessarily easy for her and then garnet is just like aspirational like probably a cooler person than to, i'm capable yeah. of being. like amethyst was the one that was like all right we're just I'm trying to think about like, kids here the, the early ways that that manifested of course there's the pilot where amethyst purposefully gives steven the thing he's not supposed to have mm-hmm. and basically causes the entire conflict because yeah. she's so irresponsible mm-hmm. there was like i'm thinking of the like the, the earliest things we did like together breakfast was one where she was just kind of being like a little mean to steven the whole time yeah she's like chasing him around and stuff uh-huh that was really that was really funny that like informed you know, I don't know if she got mean like that ever again, but it did inform, like, a lot of, like, oh, she's the one who, like, 
mess with him. Well, that's a like real, bit. Yeah, yeah, like good, good natured ribbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you pick on your little brother just a little bit, you know. Yeah, Amethyst is like that. Wasn't that the episode where she like busted in and shot him with a water gun, and that was like her? Yeah, yeah. 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 Dump, the dumb, dumb police. police. Yeah, dumb police <laughs> lives are, on in OKKO. Lives on in OKKO. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Question mark. There's characters in OKKO uh, who are security guard brothers, and they have the same exact color palette is dumb police because the thing is dumb police that was my drawing and actually uh-huh. the the like drawing of the dumb police that's essentially mr gar from okko he looks like right. almost exactly the same <laughs> mm-hmm. and then yeah in okko uh there are these characters they're like these guards who are like you double are going to jail and right. they just look exactly they're the dumb police that's them yeah yeah i gotta keep an eye out <laughs> that's <laughs> great um but yeah so, um, talking about Amethyst Weapon, what made you guys decide on the whip? Was that like a... I mean, those those things seemed like they came along later in development, right? No, that was really early. Yeah, everyone's, was really everyone's early. weapons came the, really early. Yeah, um, the weapons were like some of the earliest things that That's the biggest made. example wow. of it. So, yeah. so, the Apollonian Dionysian thing, um, you know, the spear is Apollonian. It's a big pointing object, mm-hmm. and the whip is Dionysian. It's a big fluid shape. It's yeah. like a. It can. It's completely flexible. That and was that was some of the earliest stuff. And then Paul, I think, had a theory yeah. that they would be a knight, a cowboy, and a boxer, or something to that effect. That yeah. they would all have these very different uh-huh. styles. Because so we were working with Paul like really early on. Yeah. Uh, on super early doodles. I think I even have a picture of Garnet with a hammer that's like ancient. And also, I remember there was the idea about the whip, too, that as opposed to the others, like a spear and and fists can really get thrown at something and hit them, but a whip is sort of like, it's like you can whip someone, but it's also, you can tie people up. There's like kind of multi-functions to it, which mm-hmm. is like amethyst. It's just all about flexibility. You know? That's yeah, your thing. Yeah, a Flex- lot more flexible. Flexibility and fluidity in every... Yeah facet of <laughs> amethyst right 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 so the shape-shifting thing also kind of speaks to that is that was that another intentional choice talking about the the amount of flexibility in her character Absolutely. yes yes yeah. she's completely fluid like and we dionysian fluid yeah and uh, we thought that she would like she would be using that shape-shifting to, to like mess with people to like yeah. do useful things to she, do very unuseful things she does yeah, she's she's fluid yeah fluid in every sense that she would be, like, changing into things just to make jokes. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's something that also it felt right in the beginning. And then I think when we started to really explore her origins, felt even more right. Yeah. Because it's like she is in sort of a constant state of trying to find herself and figure herself out. Yeah. You know, and she she leaned into that by just sort of feeling like she could be anything. I think there's, you know, there's a part of that that's really liberating. But then there's a part of that that's her actually being lost. Yeah. It also comes to mind thinking about, like, the fact that she's the one who's fused with all the different characters. Um, Just, like, the versatility there. Um, And it was a big point when she was the one who could fuse with Steven for the first time Mm -hmm. for for Mm -hmm. a gem. What was the decision there? That made a lot of sense to me um, because... I think Amethyst and Stephen are the are the most like yeah. me and Steve. I'm I'm showing my hand here. <laughs> I'm more irresponsible <laughs> than than responsible. But um, the two of them I think are the most like 
our actual yeah. sibling relationship, especially through that arc. And Amethyst as the most flexible character would obviously be the one who it's easiest to fuse with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the three main gems. They're the closest and they're both, I mean, that, that's sort of why it's Earthlings. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just the the, the most, I'd say the most alike. It's not that they're alike. No, it's, but they're the most similar in like both sort of having to deal with being a weird kind of gem that has only ever known the Earth. Mm-hmm. And I think that they kind of have that same, you know, Garnet and Pearl have a little, there's a little more mystery there. But Amethyst is kind of like, will lay all the cards on the table. Yeah. If you really, if you really like get to know her. Yeah. Stephen, at this point, Stephen kind of knows yeah. like almost everything about yeah. Amethyst that Amethyst has to, or had to offer Stephen. Mm-hmm. They're very open with each other. And I think um, they sort of will give and take between each other in a way that he can't do yeah. with Garnet or Pearl, who are more protective. And Yeah, and even in like the course of the series, Amethyst is the first gem to sort of open up to Steven. Mm-hmm. Like, like, really early on, like Tiger Millionaire. Mm-hmm. She kind of just, like, you know, you get to see a lot of what's going on with her. And I think she's the one who will, who has changed the most of, of like, the characters. You've seen Amethyst become several different people over the course yeah. of the series. I think it comes back to to um not just to the her flexibility but to her as the character that represents the present. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. cuz Steven is sort of with her in the present. They're experiencing things mm-hmm. together that are new for both of them. And that's a, it's a little different when yeah. he's interacting with Pearl who has so much Going She's back into the past baggage. that he doesn't yeah, know, exactly. and then when he's interacting with Garnet, who is sort of so ahead of things mm-hmm. and so you know in her own, and it kind of makes it hard even to talk to her. Mind, yeah. right? Yeah. The um the thing you said about Amethyst coming the furthest and talking about Stephen and Amethyst relationship makes me think about what Rose's and Amethyst relationship was like because I know we we saw that you know from maximum capacity that. Amethyst was in a very, pretty vulnerable place when Rose left. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak to any of that? Before you get into that, I I would say like, and we see it in um, we see it in the the flashback episodes that before Stephen existed, Amethyst was kind of the Stephen of the group in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was like she was new. She was new, and she was the one who was constantly getting them in trouble, mm-hmm. and you know. Like, that was a little bit of her role back yeah. then. Yeah. I think the fl- the fluidity that Amethyst has was something that was very encouraged by Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the ways that Amethyst was different was something that Rose obviously knew, but she never wanted Amethyst to feel different. Yeah. Uh, I think that Amethyst was kind of in a position that Stephen was in where she was being sheltered from a lot of information that might sort of puncture this this bubble, this comfortable bubble that and she's that's, in. And that's kind of typical of Rose, in yes. a way. Yeah, because she wants like, to protect people from... She wants to protect people from the truth. From the truth, yeah. And uh, I think there's an aspect of Amethyst that's sort of a kid who was raised by hippie parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the ways that that can be really great but the ways that that can also be really well, confusing she, well, and she frustrating had, she had no structure yes yeah, she had no is, she had no is, structure she could do yeah. anything she could be anything which is kind of like frustrating because like 
she was encouraged to do anything, be anything, but no one ever told her, okay, but you can also be this. Like, they never gave her the option of what she could be. Right. Which is, know? and there's no, it's not like there's a right way, because I think not. that the, the alternative, there's like a reason they didn't want to tell her but about it's like, all these stifling gem rules. They're awful. Mm-hmm. You know, they all were living yeah. there to get away from them. So the last thing they want to do is tell this gem who, you know, is free to be anything she could possibly want to yeah. be. Like, by the way, here's like how our hierarchy works. Yeah. The thing that we spent <laughs> right. forever trying to like, you know, so, I mean, you know, get away from. It's like when you're a kid, you know, it. I mean, it, I don't know, like, at least I used to feel like this when I was a kid, but, like, it stinks to have rules, like, stifling rules that, like, stop you from doing what you want to do. But on the other hand, you need the rules so you can have something to, like, rebel against, (laughs) you know? Like, you need to have, you need to have, like, a little bit of structure so you can define yourself either with the rules or against the rules. And Pearl and Garnet had that. Because they both came from these strict societies where Garnet wasn't allowed to be herself. Pearl, mm-hmm. you know, to be independent. Pearl wasn't allowed to be independent. Yeah. But Amethyst had no rules, so it's like you can just do whatever. And right. so she kind of ended up in this weird kind of. But she'd have to like all of their behavior was colored by these things that they knew and she didn't know, and she picked up on all of that yeah. stuff. And she knows that too. Like when she goes back to the kindergarten, she's like, "This is fine, right?" But she knows. It's, she knows. It's she knows not. it's not, and she yeah. doesn't really know why. Yeah. She just knows it was it was something that everyone feels really awful yeah. about. I mean, she she does. Yeah. know why she's she's gleaned it but i think i feel like that's something that's the thing that i really like to explore with amethyst is like a sort of strange liberal upbringing where everything is fine except you're like it's pretty apparent yeah this is that none of this is fine yeah. when, when people <laughs> like keep, yeah when people keep you in a bubble you look outside the bubble and you realize like wait a minute the world is actually a really difficult place. Yeah, for right. someone I, for someone like yeah, yeah and, someone like me. And, and like it, and Amethyst wasn't prepared to deal with a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for her when it comes up. Yeah. But I think also This is really confusing. It's really confusing, but also that gave Amethyst like some of the most my the most way to go with changing. Like for instance, like you see Amethyst sort of find herself in like when she meets other amethysts and then when she realizes where she's from and like at from that point after you see a change in amethyst personality like she's a little more she kind of knows a little more about who she is Mm -hmm. and it's not something that she had to like it's not like a light bulb moment that went off in her head it's like you just see her personality change slowly yeah and then she becomes she can become like that rock for Steven and you see their personality change in that way. Right. I think, you know, to be able to have that foundation for her, you know, it makes her flexibility a choice instead of the only thing that Mm -hmm. she has the ability to do. You know, it's like knowing everything that was hidden from her, like lets her have this full understanding of how she does or doesn't want to express herself sort of as a, right. as a quartz. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And actually, that that kind of ties back into, like, Amethyst not having that foundation of societal rules. Mm-hmm. I think it was when she met Jasper, you know, when she kind of found out, like, oh, this is actually, I'm supposed to be a little more like this. That was, like, her big butting up against, like, what her societal norms actually mm-hmm. were, mm-hmm. you know, and that that let her finally define herself. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, cool. Thank you guys so much yeah. for coming on and talking to me. <laughs> of course. Totally. So now that you know more about Amethyst's origins and backstory, let's find out what it takes to bring her to life and how she's changed and grown with the show, with Michaela Dietz, who voices Amethyst, and Dee Dee Magno-Hall, who voices Pearl. I'm sitting here with Dee Dee Magno-Hall, the voice of Pearl, and Michaela Dietz, the voice of Amethyst. Thank you guys so much for coming back and talking to me again. Hey, it's Hi. wonderful to be back yeah, welcome and back. seeing you again. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about Amethyst. Um, yes. I don't know if you know anything about that, Michaela. Um, I might be able to find some info on that. Yeah, yeah. There's some... It's a little bit of context. Um, <laughs> so Amethyst is a really cool character that... Um, finally got her first like big arc i think like where it was all focused on amethyst for a while in season three and it was the whole jasper problem that they were facing at the time so what was it like you had to portray a lot of amethyst like going she sort of hit rock bottom at at that point you know where she was like i'm not good enough you know was it was was like taxing to play a character that reaches that point um, I, I mean, I don't know about taxing, but I could definitely tap into that emotion. Um, she was so focused on her arch nemesis at the time. And, and at the same time, I think it was, it was also so difficult for her because she felt like in many ways she was, she wasn't good enough because she was directly comparing herself to Jasper. Like in her mind, they come from the same place. They should be the same. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I could personally relate to that, I guess. Maybe it might have something to do with my being adopted. Sort of like, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Um, am I good enough? Am I not? And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's sort of an inner struggle there. But I wouldn't say, like, I came home crying every day. Right. It was a taxi <laughs> on that level. But, like, yeah, I mean, getting into that emotion, yeah, it can it can be challenging at times. It's tough. It was, like, I, I definitely am someone who's guilty of, like, comparing myself to people. Yeah. Especially, like, people my age. I'm like, oh, they're doing cool things, you know? Um, You're doing a lot of I cool mean, when things. I look at you, okay. I'm like, oh, man, she's so young. She's doing oh, cool things. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. But, but yeah, well, like, even... But everyone compares themselves, I feel like. Like, that's just a thing that it's, it's impossible to avoid trying to compare yourself. And, and it's never going to end well. I just, yeah, I found that really relatable. What about you, Didi? Have you ever compared yourself? Oh, always. You know, in this business where I'm, I'm always up against somebody else trying to get that same part, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to a point where... You just have to go in and, and I'm referring to auditioning for, you know, voiceover work or acting on stage or television and film. You get to a point where you just have to go in and do your best. And, uh, you know, if you're right for the part, you're right for the part. And, uh, you know, you you just do your best job. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also with Amethyst, she's so, she's so little, but she packs a big punch. She does. She holds her own. (laughs) When I was little, actually, my mom would be like, Michaela, small, um, great things come in small packages. (laughs) I was like puny and she'd be like, don't worry about it, girl. You got it. But I also deal with that with my kids, too, because, you know, my my 12 year old is now, you know, he's in middle school. So he's constantly comparing himself to his friends. That guy's got that video game. How come I don't have that video game? (laughs) I'm like, you have plenty. Like You have love and you have me. You have me. Um, Is that not enough? (laughs) With auditioning, Didi, I totally sometimes when you look at a role and you're like, oh, how do I fit in this box of that? Like, it'll be, the description will be like, 
nerdy Asian girl or whatever. And you're like, I always think like, how do I fit in that box? And I think maybe a better mindset would be, how do I break that box? How do, how am I different? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the same as everyone. How do I stand out? And I think, um, at the end of Amethyst arc, I think she realized she doesn't need to fit in a box. She can break out of that box. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I think that a lot of that came from with Steven, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Their conversations that they had together. It was like, and then that ended in Smoky Quartz, obviously. What was your the best? Do you guys remember when you saw Smoky Quartz for the first time or like learned yes. that? Smoky so, was a thing? So cool. Yeah. My yeah. reaction, IRL, was the same reaction that Amethyst had when Garnet asked her to form Siglite. Yeah. I was like, ah! like, freaking out. I was like, no way. I had no idea it was coming when I read the script. Yeah. Didi looks stunned right now. No, no, no. I was just remembering. I was just, I'm remembering all the voices, the voice actors that played. Oh, Natasha Leon. Yeah. She's so good. She is so cool. Smokey's really great. I love their design too. Totally. And the yo-yos. Okay, and the wait. three arms. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so Rebecca told me that she um, consulted with a top yo-yo <laughs> competitor, a yo-yo wow. athlete, yeah, for certain moves. And, and so all the moves are real. Because, <laughs> like, I think maybe even when Natasha Leone is like, yeah, let's see, sink the dink. And, like, she, like, hits <laughs> Jasper. Like, I think that's a real move. I don't know if it's called Sink the Dink. Right. But I think it's a real move. It's real. That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? Why isn't this, why are, is, aren't people fighting with yo-yos in real life? That's um, my question. I mean, well, Maybe I think now they, they are. They are, yeah. they are fighting, but not inducing physical harm. Like, there are, right. there are yo-yo competitions. There's one I'm, I think, like an hour from here. Incredible. Yeah, and I would like to go, and I... I'm inviting everyone in this room. Maybe we should all go next year together. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I love it. They do it to music. It's insane. That sounds incredible. We should get Smokey on on that, too. Okay, I would love that. By the way, I have, uh, you know, dabbled with the yo-yo. Oh, Oh. the yo-yo. And gosh, if it was a weapon, (laughs) it would hurt. Because I have, have, uh, you know, found that to be true. Yeah. When you're trying to walk the dog. IRL. Said that before. <laughs> Congratulations, Dee Dee. Way to a brief. <laughs> so good. So, um, you're talking about the arc and everything. What kind of lessons do you think that that one? Uh, well, we talked about that with like the not comparing yourself to others and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but do you feel like it like is universally applicable? We talked about how it applies to uh, a younger audience, but like can it relates to like adults and stuff and older fans as well of course absolutely i love what you said about not fitting into the box but rather breaking out of that box thinking outside of the box Mm -hmm. yeah i think Mm -hmm. it's just um i mean i don't know whether it's the media or societal pressures but it seems like a very human response to try to conform and i think um, what the show does, what Steven Universe does, um, through Rebecca's characters and, and all the storylines, it helps people realize, like, you don't necessarily have to conform. Like, you are enough. You, as an individual, like, let that shine. Right. Sorry, I was like, how do I make sentences? No, okay. it's, yeah, no, no, it's, you're totally cool. making sense. Um, yeah. But it's so funny, because I, I feel like the young people today are... 
are not conforming. I think that they're embracing their individuality. And I think it's a beautiful thing to just accept who you are. I think more people nowadays than I was when I was growing up anyway that I noticed mm-hmm. um, that uh, the kids are kids are, are really expressing themselves more and just being themselves and being comfortable in their skin, which I think is awesome. And I also believe that this show um, is helping people to do that, to celebrate mm-hmm. who they are. Helping the youths. Yes. The youths. The youths. And the, and the, and the, the oldies as well. (laughs) The youths and oldies. Mackenzie, I think there is though another, um, very relatable, uh, lesson to be learned in the Smoky Quartz fusion. Mm -hmm. And I think that my, I mean, I, I think what, when Steven and Amethyst fused, it was in a moment where they both, really felt not good enough. They both were at their lowest and through that they bonded. And I think that's sort of a lesson in asking for help, depending on others. Um, you know, keep your keep your friends close and, and don't be afraid to reach out to ask someone mm-hmm. if they need help and and um, obviously, you know, receive that help if you yourself need it. So yeah. um, for adults and children and dogs and cats and whatever other creatures you want to talk about like that is um i think a really important we all lesson. share one earth that's yes. lovely except for yellow diamond because she's on homework truth yes. truth don't <laughs> let her come here that's that would be a crisis um the you mentioned the thing about conforming and it reminded me about amethyst's whole shape-shifting thing oh yeah i think that's something really interesting about her character how she sort of it's like i always thought of it as like her having a really fluid like self-image that she can adapt to like she's she's like the one who's fused with all the other crystal gems and i don't think anybody else nobody nobody else has done that like and i think that that's just because she's so adaptable totally yeah and i think that the that it's sort of different from the way pearl is just more rigid we never see pearl shape shift you know what do you guys think about that what do we think about just the idea that the the self-image plays into the way that you oh yeah able to Amethyst is all shape shifty and stuff. Right. And Pearl is more reserved. Yeah, yeah. Hey, keep that in your back pocket until you really need it. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's the backup. It's the, the it's trick the, card. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that speaks to how, um, you know, Pearl has a very clear idea of herself and she, for the most part, is not going to compromise that. Whereas Amethyst is someone who can just like, she's pretty malleable. She's going to try to, yeah, go free with spirits. Totally. Yeah, whether it's the dumb police or an owl or a baby in a car. Like, which way did the baby work? Yeah, or a helicopter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Or Pearl. (laughs) Yeah. Which which has been your favorite, you think? Of shape-shifting? Yeah. I mean, there are so many. I would say the, the, the baby baby war <laughs> that little baby with the tooth and the hair mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. jeep eat tread yeah yeah like, that's funny to me i don't know i think about that a lot oh wait, wait time out what am i saying purple puma okay yeah that's another that's great favorite. one purple puma. <laughs> i love when she used that against lapis in that that one battle because you'd seen her do it in the past like turn into the the purple puma character but yeah. like that was the time when she actually used it to just like Pound someone into the ground, and it was like, "Yeah, go get it." Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Didi, what's your favorite shape shift? Like, if Pearl could shape shift, 
what do you think she would shapeshift into? Oh, that's my a new goodness. Question, that is a, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to, I have to think about it. Okay. Gosh. Maybe like a list on the fridge. A bird, right? It would be a bird. Right? <laughs> be a, bird like, a bird mom, yeah, perhaps? A bird be. laying eggs. It would have to be some sort of bird. I mean, like, I don't know what kind of... I don't think it would be a chicken. It would be something that's more like... A, a ladybird, a, a dove, perhaps? Yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A swan. Those are all oh. good options, yes. Yeah. I think it's more of like a flamingo. Ooh. Oh, that's just like those really gangly legs and it's like... You know? nice, that's, nice. The, that's the image I'm getting more than the, the hey you should do ADR for flamingos oh that yeah? was amazing thank you I've been working on my, my flamingo noise yeah I, I practice every night <laughs> um, so another thing that happened in this latest string of episodes right yeah. is the the well first of all these episodes have been sad um but right the, Right? Yeah. We got to watch a bunch of them back to back and we all were like, Ugh. Yeah, like I'm my, <laughs> tissue my heart please. Hurts. Yeah, like but one of the ones that uh Amethyst is in is in um Back to the Kindergarten. Ooh, I love that one. Yeah, and she really helps out Peridot in that episode. I thought it was really cool to see her the tough love side of Amethyst. Yeah. Who really just like like you said, it was it was helping people out, you know, helping someone else who's who's hit rock bottom. And just sort of pulling her out of the bathroom where she's laying on the floor and listening to sad music and taking her to the kindergarten, if that's what it takes. Yeah. What do you think that, like, says about Amethyst? Well, okay, wait. Sorry. Side note. Shelby's voice acting in that episode is amazing. Even her, like... Uh, like her moans yeah. in the beginning are it's up. like whoa I've heard that moan IRL but um yeah so amazing I think what that says about Amethyst is um to me that episode actually was a huge mark for her in terms of her development it showed me how much how far she's come mm-hmm. truly emotionally um you know I think in the past, she wouldn't have been able to to deal with helping out mm-hmm. Peridot or even suggesting going back to the kindergarten, a place which maybe in the past brought her so much pain. Like, she had a whole new sort of perspective after, you know, meeting a bunch of the Amethysts. And I think... I think it just really showed that she's she's matured a, a great deal. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about the, the Amethyst thing. Um, but that, yeah, that's really important to the way that she yeah the thing. Yeah, I think she always saw the kindergarten as like, yeah, just sort of a reminder of how she wasn't good enough. And she mm-hmm. stayed in the ground for too long. And now it's like, oh, wow, I can associate this with all these new people who I met who are kind of like my family. And this is actually a place that I'm pretty proud of. And, right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it seemed like she and Steven went through really great lengths to try to cheer up Peridot. And even when Peridot lashed out, I felt like Amethyst, for the most part, kept her cool. And right. I think that's a whole new side of the character that, you know, I've ever seen. It shows a lot of, yeah, it shows yeah. a lot of maturity and, and yeah. the ability to, like, see. And okay, restraint. I know, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Rather than just, like, shut up. Yeah. Um, the it, it reminded me of On the Run, which is, we've talked about that episode before. Yeah. Um, you talked about how it served as sort of a reminder of you know, how she's imperfect or, you know, a mistake or whatever. Right. Um, and for a while, it seemed like that caused a lot of tension between her and Pearl as well. 
I think that probably was a root of a lot of problems they had in early season one when they would just bicker all the time. Yeah. What do you think it was like helped her get over that as well? Like the Famithus thing? Or was that just a... Well, I think... I think that... Yes, the kindergarten was a, a cause of tension between Amethyst and Pearl, but I think it also, um, you know, there's a flip side of that, and I think it was a place where they actually physically bonded. They I mean, did. that right. moment nice when they connection. were, like, hugging, and I mean, that was that was a whole new start in their relationship, and so... Maybe that also led to your being so adult-like with mm-hmm. Peridot. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mom. Bringing her back there and being a good friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shorty squad. I wish, I wish Pearl had been in that app. I think she would have been very um, proud yeah. of Stephen and Amethyst. So don't you think? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. would have been cute. And maybe helped us plant some cool things. I think <laughs> she would have. That would have inevitably died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, my last question I have for you okay. is, um, would you love to see a Shorty Squad fusion, the Peridot and the Steven, both of you? Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. Yeah? Yes. I totally agree. That would be so fun. Yes, and so earlier Mackenzie told me that Zach has a theory that if Steven and Peridot fused, it, the, the, the fusion would just get smaller. Because they're so little. And if you add amethyst into that equation, it would be like smaller and just way louder. Yes. So I think, (laughs) I think we, the world needs that. Yeah. That would be their power. They could like infiltrate. (laughs) Yeah. Crawling through pipes and stuff. Oh, hey. We just came up with an OC. We came up with a new character, guys. That is so cool. (laughs) Okay, guys. Thank you so much again for coming on and talking to me. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thanks for having us. All right, Amethyst and Pearl are together and talking to us coming up. All right, I am sitting here with Amethyst and Pearl. Uh, Yeah, hey guys, how are you doing? Hello. I've got some questions for you, Amethyst and Pearl. Feel free to chime in if you have anything to add. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) First question I have is from Cree, who wants to know, what's your favorite thing to shapeshift into? Uh, okay. Hey, Cray. Um, my favorite thing to shapeshift into is probably Pearl. Womp womp. Amethyst. <laughs> really? <laughs> Never fails. Never gets old. Um, You're welcome, Cree. <laughs> uh, next question is from Nancy. Ooh. Who wants to know, how did meeting the other Amethyst change your outlook and your, like, idea of yourself? Oh, man. I mean, meeting the Amethyst was amazing, and it changed my sense of self in that now I have other people who look like myself. It's crazy. Like, now I have, like, the Famethyst, and they're so funny. They're, like, pranksters just like me who like to mess with Steven. (laughs) It's great. It's nice to have friends. (laughs) The squad. Yeah. Good. Uh, A question from Isa. Who wants to know, have you ever posed as somebody's cat? I'm thinking, like, long-term. Like, I guess, sneaking into their house. Oh, like and, or like, something. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've done, you have? Did you see for a week? Because I did it for two weeks. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, the, did they find out? Um, yeah. So, it's, like, my neighbor, Eleanor. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's not this. Sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about <laughs> I hope you didn't get in trouble with the authorities. <laughs> you would like know you about should that, talk, you, Pearl? Pearl? Yeah. 
I know a little something about that. <laughs> okay, so for two weeks, I snuck into this lady's house and I like pretended to be one of her 18 cats and I just like barked at her. So that kind of gave me up a little when I right. barked at her because I guess cats don't bark. Lesson learned. Yep. Learn that for next time. Note taken. Um, have you ever, oh, somebody, uh, Gemma? Oh, Gemma. What Gemma. up, Gemma? Yes. Wants to know, have you ever tried shape-shifting into a chicken and then laying an egg? Is that, like, physically possible? Um, yeah, it's been done. I've done it, and it was excellent. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a good source of, like, financial you yeah. know, income. Like, it was yeah. really special. <laughs> I crack always with up. the jokes. Oh, so many yokes! Enough. Uh, oh, uh, that's a good one, actually. Uh, actually, <laughs> okay. I have another egg-related question oh, somehow great. from okay. Emmy, who wants to know how do you like your eggs? Country scrambled, over easy, or the shells, carton, and everything on top? How do I like my eggs? Whole. There's nothing worse than just, like, half of an egg. That's weird. Right. Okay, also, what's country scrambled? Is it, like, dandelions in it? Probably. Or, like, a map, and there's just, like, you know, like, Australia, like, cut up and, like, put in your egg. I don't really get this question. (laughs) No, it's where where you fry them on the the hood of a tractor. Oh. I think it's the, the, yeah. Is that what it is? It's a special flavor. Man, humans are so fascinating. It's crazy, right? Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, who am I kidding? I just like the shells, carton, everything on top, mm-hmm. preferably dipped in some motor oil. Mm-hmm. The whole package. Yeah, so maybe that's kind of country. Yeah, that's pretty, if it's like, yeah. Okay. Like, I think that works. I think it counts. Okay, cool. Um, a question from Steve, who wants to know, is there any food that you don't like? From Steve? Yeah. Hi, Steve. Like, Steven? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. Different, different Steve. Oh, I got excited. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. if you had a question, he could just oh. a- ask you. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay, is there any food I don't like? Yes. Mm. I cannot stand overcooked remote controls. No? Disgusting. Yeah? What's the, what's like, what's your ideal cook time, you think? Uh, oh, for like the perfect remote control, I would say, you know, one, one and a half minutes on 350 max. Right. For the golden brown. Yes, yes, yes. I understand. Yeah. I totally agree. There's not enough people in this world who appreciate a tasty remote control. Yeah, it's true. Best food ever. My favorite. If we have to purchase another remote control, Amethyst... It's coming out of your allowance. Oh, wow, I get allowance now? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, thank you so much for talking to me. Boy, thanks, Bird Mom. The Steven Universe podcast is produced by Charles Abadje, Stacey Para, and Conrad Montgomery. Special thanks to Rob Sorcher, Cartoon Network Studios, and The Kerniverse. So subscribe to the Steven Universe podcast now at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a five-star rating and review while you're there. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and I will see you next Thursday.